and that lets you save Look here. True form life. Green look on Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. All right, welcome back to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. As you heard, I am your host, Drew Tadia. And today we have another fantastic guest coming on, Kathy Groover. And she's going to be talking about addressing your stress. She's got a pretty cool story about how she started out in the acting world, how she went from acting to a massage, which is quite different and then more holistic approach as she worked towards studying and working with clients and as a practitioner she's got so much to offer she's been on tv shows radio shows she's on podcasting and so much more and she's going to talk about again addressing your stress because it's such an important topic and we don't address stress enough it's something that we push to the side something that we push down something that we let to continually build up so it's such a great topic here and important to understand what we can do to reduce the stress in our lives so sit back and enjoy we got all that coming up on this is exploring mind and body naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host drew tadia All right, welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. You're all about Kathy in the introduction. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Kathy. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's our pleasure. looks like you're doing all kinds of cool stuff. I love to talk about stress, and it seems like we could talk about just about anything holistically. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you could share some insights with us. But Kathy, I'd like to know more about yourself and how you got into what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, of all things, I started out as an actor. So uh, this path to healing and alternative medicine and stress reduction totally caught me off guard. That's not what I set out to do. Uh, <laughs> but I always say I just follow the breadcrumbs and this is where I ended up. So I started out uh, as a massage therapist was sort of my first foray into the, the natural medicine thing. And that grew into doing other alternatives like Reiki and herbs and homeopathics and that sort of stuff. And then I started writing books and started doing more lectures and workshops, which brought the acting thing back in. And uh, yeah, so I've got seven books and I, I have a PhD in natural health, lectured around the world. I did my first TEDx last year, spoke on the largest private yacht in the world. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a heck of an adventure. And I just, I love doing it. I love sharing what I know. And what was your private yacht experience like <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty uh it was pretty amazing it's ruined me for every cruise ship in the world now because uh yeah i mean i had to sign all these you know non-disclosures that i have but yeah it was pretty it was pretty spectacular it's it's one of those ships that just travel forever they don't really stay someplace it's not a cruise you actually purchase your place on this ship and uh, you just travel around the world it was pretty spectacular i want to go back <laughs> <laughs> and what did you talk about uh, nutrition, actually. I did five or six nutrition talks for them, which normally, I mean, I've really geared off into the, you know, that the stress thing, but I did study so much nutrition. So I did some really practical, short, fun nutrition talks for them, what to add and subtract for better health, the truth about cholesterol, uh, talking about water, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it was really fun. I was, I was received very well, which was also a very good thing. And how did you go from actor 
to massage therapists. It almost seems like two different worlds. <laughs> I know, you know, and those worlds collided. One day, um, between my freshman and sophomore year of college, a woman showed up named Dr. Pat, and I didn't know who this person was. Um, I was doing, we had this award-winning children's theater. I mean, we did the most spectacular, you know, like, battle scenes and we had we were doing treasure island and we had a live parrot um and my boyfriend at the time played long john silver and they strapped his leg up so that he was only on one leg and i mean like we weren't messing around um and all of a sudden this woman older woman walks by and everyone's dr pat's here dr pat's here i'm like i I don't know what that means (laughs) so i i follow this woman with this big jug of tea and all these baskets and this like parade of people following her and she was a body worker and she would work on all the actors for free. She never asked us for a cent. And she brought teas and lotions and homeopathics and herbs. And she kept us healthy. And I didn't have much to do during this certain show. And so I sat there and watched. And one day she turned to me and said, Kathy, I've got four more people on the list. I have to get to my, my real job. Um, do you mind taking those mats and going in the other room and working on John? And I looked at her and I went, I don't know what I'm doing. It's like I'm an actor. I have no clue how to do massage. You're and an actor. Looked, you could pretend. I could pretend. And apparently <laughs> I did it really well. And she looked at me and she said, yes, you do. And I went, okay. And I had the sense to listen to her. So I went in the other room and worked on this other student. And I was pretty darn good at it. And I liked it. So for three summers, I apprenticed with her. And suddenly I was a massage therapist. I thought it would be the perfect addition you know, to those award-winning film roles that I was going to be doing when I got to Los Angeles. And uh, the massage stuck and the film roles never came. So... <laughs> Here so we here are. you are. <laughs> That's an awesome story. So when it comes to stress, why is that something that you're passionate about? You know, we all have it. We It's become a buzzword. Oh, my God, I'm so stressed out. Oh, I've got so much to do. And, you know, it's almost become this badge of honor. And I realized as I was working on more and more massage clients, it wasn't just about playing too much softball at the picnic this weekend. It wasn't, oh, I picked up something weird. It was really this ongoing stress, mind-body connection. And when I was working on my PhD, I had to pick something for a dissertation, which is always a terrifying uh, proposition. And I decided to go with different aspects of mind-body medicine. And in doing that, I realized, wow, so much of what we're suffering with, so many of our, quote, problems are coming from this perception of stress. And so I thought, you know, I got to I gotta do more with that. And so I turned my dissertation into a book because I wanted more than four people to read it because it was pretty darn good. And it's won five awards and it's one of my best-selling books. And, um, you know, I just realized if we can get that under control, how we respond to it, then so many other things fall into place. And so so it just became sort of became my thing why are people stressed out oh my gosh pick something um <laughs> being alive you know i think that that does it you know i mean i think one of the biggest issues right now is social media and the way our media functions you know it used to be that my folks would watch the six o'clock news they had an hour of that newscast and that was it if something happened on the other side of the world it wasn't this immediate knowledge of it there wasn't this immediate connectivity with everything and in a way that i'm really happy that we can you know talk to people around the world on facebook um it's really overwhelming us the social media to me and the way the media functions is one of the biggest stressors we have because we feel like now we have to always be on we have to always be informed i should be returning that email at midnight no i should be asleep (laughs) you know uh but now we have all these these gadgets that allow us to not shut off and i don't think that's a good thing so you would say the biggest issue that we have is not being able to shut off 
I think it is because, you know, I think back to, you know, geez, I didn't grow up with cell phones. I remember when they were attached to the wall and you had to hold the cord up and it would unspin, which I love. I miss doing that. That was a that was a good Capricorn organizational thing of unspinning my home phone. Uh, but, you know, you're standing in line at the post office. And what did you do while you stood there? You either daydreamed or you kind of many kind of meditated or you talked to the people around you. And now the second you have a spare second at a red light, at a line, at a, you know, what's the first thing you do? We grab our phones. We're looking to see the latest cat video. We're looking to see what the president did. We're looking to see. And it doesn't allow us any introspection. It doesn't allow us any quiet time. It doesn't allow us to pause. And I think we're really missing that. I think that's contributing to a lot of our issues right now. So what can we do? I know it's it's easy to say we're stressed out and we're too connected. So stop being connected. <laughs> well, <laughs> stop it. What are some things, functional things, what are some things that maybe some of the things that we haven't thought of? Like what can we do? What are some action steps to get away? You know, I think one of the first things to recognize is stress really isn't our problem. And I know we talk so much about what a problem stress is, but but really the stress is that uncontrollable thing. It's that perception that demands are going to exceed our resources. And we mount this giant fight or flight response for something that isn't a bear chasing us. You know, our boss saying on a Friday afternoon, I need to see you Monday does not warrant this gigantic chemical fight or flight response. And it's nothing we have to worry about for the next three days. We're doing that to ourselves. At this point, it's no longer the boss. It's our thoughts of, oh my gosh, what's he want to do on Monday? And I, you know, you ruin your entire weekend being in your own head about this thing that could happen later. And I think we really have to take a step back from that and try to stay as present as possible. And that's easy to say. It's not as easy to do um, because we're constantly being pulled to the past, remembering things and to the future of what if that thing happens. And I think any steps we can take to stay present, to stay focused in the now, whether it's breath work or meditation, a mindfulness practice, changing our focus with things like affirmations, visualization, all of that can be beneficial to bring us back to the now. Because now, there is no stress. Now is someplace, or stress is someplace else. And so if we can stay as present as possible, it's going to be a huge advantage. And are there things that we can do to, to be present or to practice being present? Yeah, the first thing you could do is just take a deep breath and really watch that breath, not just that gasping for air that we so often do when we're like, oh, you know, but but actually watching that breath, observing that inhale and that exhale as if you're watching someone else breathe. That immediately not only changes your chemistry because you're now breathing, but it anchors you in the present because it brings you back to your body. And just something as simple as bringing yourself back to that breath can halt that flight or flight response for a second um, and then it moves on from there you know it's yoga or tai chi or meditation dance I don't care what people do as long as they do something as long as they do something and just like we all perceive stress dif- differently things that I do that I think are fun other people find stressful like flying trapeze um, it's the same thing with relaxing people just kind of lay in a chaise lounge and not do anything to me that's torture that's a timeout. what did i do wrong can i get up and get a book you know so you have to find what works for you what about writing is that something you'd recommend yeah absolutely and there are entire programs on journaling and um one of the things i really like about writing and we've gotten so far away from this is i used to be a huge journaler and unfortunately I just I haven't taken the time to do it anymore but that was so cathartic and that was so healing and writing things out especially if we do that in longhand if we do that in cursive that stuff goes straight to our subconscious uh 
So if you're going to do affirmations, one of the best times to do that is right before you go to bed. That's when we're most suggestible and susceptible. So this is why watching really scary news programs or movies right before bed isn't really the best thing for us. So if you do writing before you go to bed, write some affirmations out in longhand. Make that the last thing you do before you go to bed, and you actually start to change your thinking. You're actually rewiring your brain. It's pretty spectacular. What's the difference between typing that stuff out and actually writing? You know, for some reason, the act of writing, because it's a symbolic thing, it goes straight to the subconscious. It even makes a difference whether it's cursive or printing. Um, and when I was studying hypnotherapy, I did an entire course on handwriting analysis. And uh, one of the things that we were taught, and I'm sure there's a science behind it that I don't fully grasp, but for some reason, when you write in cursive, it just – it it goes deeper into you. And I think typing has become so automatic. There's not as much thought to it. Like you just sort of, at least for me, I can mindlessly type and it just sort of happens. <laughs> I can't do that as much with writing. You have to actually form those words and form those loops. It's almost a meditative process. It's pretty cool. And when you mentioned visualization earlier, what would you visualize? Like, would you visualize yourself being stress-free or would you visualize yourself on a beach? What does that look like? Yeah. Well, it depends. So there's a couple different things we can do. And one of the things that's really cool about our brain is we can't tell the difference between what we're thinking about and imagining and what is actually happening. So when we remember that horrible thing and we're replaying that over and over again in our minds, we're actually reigniting that stress response. We're reigniting that fight or flight response, which is really detrimental to our, to our health and our thinking and our cognition, all that stuff. So if we're going to fantasize about something, if we're going to daydream, which we all tend to go there anyway, make it as positive as you can. And you can do it a couple different ways. You can absolutely put yourself on a beach. You can close your eyes and you can hear that water lapping up on the beach and you can hear that surf and there's seagulls in the sky and you can hear that and you can take a deep breath and you can smell that fresh beach air and you can think about dragging your hand in the sand as you sit in that chaise lounge with your favorite frosty beverage and, you know, and suddenly you've actually really just evoked that relaxation response. So or – Okay, go ahead. Yep. I was just going to say that is this something that we do on a daily basis or how could we get this into our, I suppose, ingrained so we're continually stress-free? Yeah. People, um, you know, it depends on what kind of time you have. Um, this is why I teach so many different things because the visualization tends to take a little bit longer. I mean, you want at least 10 or 20 minutes to, to really kind of get yourself into that visualization. You could do quick ones, but um, yeah, you know, once a day or as you're going to sleep or at your lunch hour or if you're really stressed at work, you can put things in your environment that help remind you to think about that. Maybe it's a picture of the ocean sitting on your desk. Maybe you have one of those scented candles that creepily smells like anything they want to these days, but they smell like the beach or, you know, suntan lotion, or um, maybe you paint your walls a really pretty sea blue. Maybe you have a sound machine. You know, those things can help trigger to get you back into that sort of uh, visualization vacation. What's a sound machine? Oh, <laughs> different uh, from it, like a radio or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those like white noise that you can get at one of those like the Bed Bath and Beyond store kind of things or, or Amazon, and it plays the ocean sound. I've got one in my office because I like having that white noise. I've got a choice of like crickets or a rainstorm, a waterfall, the ocean, a heartbeat, which is just too creepy. Sounds like some, you know, my massage clients would be like, what are we doing Edgar Allan Poe? Like, why is there this creepy heartbeat in the room? Uh, but yeah, a lot of people play that to sleep. But if the ocean is your thing, 
There's no reason you can't have that in your office. Or I'm sure there's an app that plays the ocean. I mean, frankly, uh, I'm still a gadget person. But, you know, you can play those things and it will remind you to stop, to breathe, to pause, to take that moment to get out of yourself for a second. Is there some? Is there something that stands out when you think of a, a stressed out person, like something that stands out particularly that our listeners could benefit from hearing? You know, we're all born with a certain resilience to stress. And that's also something we can learn and we can expand on. I think one of the most important things is to know what your threshold is. Um, I'm very type A. I'm very driven. I'm very go, go, go. My day is filled with four million things. And most people don't want to live that way. I kind of like it. It jazzes me. You know, um, if that's not your personality, don't take that job. Don't get into that profession that demands that you be on all the time. Um, You know, it's really important to know ourselves and to learn to say no, to know what our boundaries are, to know how we relax, uh, to know the signs of stress. Uh, I was doing a radio show and I went through this bunch of signs of stress and there was this dead air on the other side. And, you know, as a podcaster, you know, dead air, not a good thing. And I thought I lost the connection. And all of a sudden I hear the the host say, "Uh uh-oh, and I said, oh, did we did we end up going off air? He goes, no, I'm stressed. I had no idea. And he didn't even know. He didn't know that the gum chewing and the sighing and the nightmares and the not sleeping and the, uh, you know, nausea and the constipation and the shoulders up to his ears and, you know, the yelling at his kids and the, tra- you know, he didn't realize that was all an indication that he was stressed. He thought he was handling it. Uh, so know yourself. Really do an inventory just like you would on that rental car. You know, we walk around the car to make sure we're not going to be charged for the ding on the on the new Honda. But we don't look at ourselves the same way. So it's a matter of doing an inventory and seeing how are we feeling? What's affecting us? What do we need to say no to? What do we need to prioritize? And that's the other downside of the cell phone is everybody else's stuff gets done before ours because we see that email immediately. So it becomes their agenda, not ours. So we just have to take the time. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Like we're not sure – like if it's normal to us, like if we're always stressed out – then that's normal. It, it doesn't feel like we're extra stressed out. That's our day to day. That's our lives. So right. when you said do inventory, how can we look at ourselves? Because if we look at ourselves, that's, it's normal. <laughs> how do we right. find things and know that these things, like we shouldn't, like we should have a restful night's sleep, for example. We shouldn't have digestion issues. Like that's not natural right. state of body, state of mind, state of body. Well, it's it's again just recognizing, you know, just because your car makes that noise and it's made that noise for six months and it's now become normal that it makes that noise, it's not okay that it makes that noise. It's an indication that something's wrong. And sure, you can let it keep making that noise until it breaks down on the side of the road. It's the same thing with us. I mean, sure, our body is amazing at adapting to things. We love homeostasis. Our body will do whatever it can to make us feel like whatever is happening is normal. Uh, that doesn't mean it's healthy. That doesn't mean it's okay. You know, I only smoke crack once a day. Sure, that's your new habit, but it's not. It's normal for you. It's not okay. Um, I'm going to advise against the crack smoking. Just throwing that out there. Uh, probably shouldn't have to say that, but you know. Uh, it, you know, so it's like just because it's normal for you doesn't mean it's it's healthy. It doesn't mean it's okay. So take an inventory of those things. You know, how are you sleeping? Rate your sleep. How do you feel when you wake up in the morning? Is it like, ugh, and you're, you're not rested? Are you waking four or five times a night? Are those repetitive thoughts getting you? How are you functioning at work? Are you hitting that slump at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? It, that doesn't mean it's, a, it's not a Red Bull deficiency. Uh, that means there's something else going on. So you have to really just – Step outside yourself and look and be honest with yourself. Have you put on weight? Are you eating too much? Are you drinking too much? 
Are you snapping at your kids? Are, did you want to kick the dog every 15 minutes? Please don't do that either. You know, you have to just honestly look, again, the same way you would at that rental car. We're more concerned about, you know, paying extra money for that ding that we actually didn't do than we are taking care of our own bodies. And that that's uh, it's kind of frustrating to me. I want us to be, I want us all to make better choices. And so I do my part to encourage that. <laughs> It seems like the workplace is a is a stressful place in general. Like you, I know you mentioned that earlier. What can we do to reduce stress specifically at work? Yeah, you know, I think so much of it is a communication thing. And I was doing a cons- uh, I was consulting with a woman, and she was part of a new team, and the team and the team leader just really weren't communicating it. Like you know, four fifty five on a Friday, he'd come and throw them work as everybody was about to walk out the door. And I said, well, what if you would say, hey, you know what? We've worked really hard all day and we're kind of fried and this is going to take a lot of brain power because they were doing all this computer stuff. It's not like, you know, color in these lines. It was like they really had to concentrate on this. I said, so what if you explain to the team leader, hey, you know, we don't have the brain power for this right now. We can do it, but it's not going to be super. Can we put this off till tomorrow when we're fresh, when we can address it with clear eyes? Have you ever done that? She goes, I never thought to do that. So sometimes we complain about not being heard or not having our needs met, but we actually haven't said anything or we haven't said it in a way that it's going to land. So I think you have to figure out your communication style. I think you have to figure out the communication style of those people around you and actually figure out what you need and actually communicate that rather than complaining the bosses and doing things for you. Have you asked for anything? (laughs) You know, so I'm just – the more consulting I do with companies, the more I see that. Like they think there's this huge disconnect, but they haven't even tried to make a connection. So uh, that's that's just one of the things that I've been noticing a lot. And then so it, you really have to speak up. And I suppose that could be challenging, challenging as well. Maybe it's your boss or coworker that's not all that approachable. But I think if we have those open conversations, you might find out that they're more approachable than you think. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and and. They're only as approachable as your approach, if that makes sense, Um, and finding a way to phrase things. You know, one of the things I like to say, you know, does it seem to be a fit that blah, 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 or, you know, does it make sense to you that maybe we regroup and do this tomorrow when we're all fresh? Well, of course that makes sense to them. And if they say, no, that doesn't make sense, well, then they just kind of go, oh, wait, how, why is that not? I mean, of course it makes sense that you should do this when you have the energy to do it. So learning to phrase things in a way and putting in those little key phrases, those key sentences to get things your way and not manipulative in a bad way, but, you know, making sure that your needs are met. Uh, There's an art to it. It takes practice, but really figuring out what you need and then how to ask for that. It's, it's just so important. It's just so important. It doesn't work every time. Some bosses are just jerks. I acknowledge that. But then how do you work around that? You know, then you have to you have to go to different tactics at that point. And what about at home? At home is often a very stressful place, maybe with the spouse, possibly with kids. Is mm-hmm. that communication issues as well like work or is there other suggestions or tips you might have for us? Yeah, you know, communication at home. And, and what's interesting is when we're stressed – a couple things happen. We don't have the ability to take responsibility when we've done something wrong. So we tend to blame others for that. We also tend to not communicate very well and we tend to react rather than respond. So your spouse says something, it triggers this, oh, well, they said that once five years ago and I'm still mad about that. And suddenly this whole fight ensues when if you were not in a stress state, if you were not 
someplace else. If you were present and you took that pause and allowed yourself to digest that comment, oh, okay, he probably didn't mean that. I've had a bad day. I'm overreacting. Why don't I just pause for a minute, see what my response can be, ask him if that's what he meant, you know, whatever it is, taking that conversation further. That can solve so many problems. <laughs> so it, it, it's again having to do with that, you know, responding rather than reacting and really taking time, taking that pause to be present with that thing that was just said. How did it land? What did they mean? Can I clarify that? Um, and the other thing, I, I work with a lot of women who are, you know, they're they're running a, a company and they're head of the PTA and they've got three kids and they're, you know, baking brownies and, you know, they're doing all this stuff. And they tell me how guilty they feel about taking a bath for 10 minutes or taking a walk really dangerous. or having alone to put time. ourselves on the list. Um, and I was talking to one woman and she said, you know, my kids need me and if I take five minutes away, I feel guilty. And I said, but what are you communicating to them if you're training them that everybody else's needs come before their own? What are you teaching them about self-care and self-respect if you don't do that with yourself and you can't be of any use to anybody else if you're a mess? And she went, yeah. <laughs> so it's, a, it's about carving out that time and making that choice, changing your mind. Yeah, that's probably one of the hardest things to explain to someone else like we work with a lot of women as well that have mm -hmm. full-time jobs and they have kids and they have a spouse who sometimes is like an extra kid and <laughs> <laughs> what like what can they do for themselves and uh, you know we have to prioritize like we have to find ways to give ourselves more energy so we have more to give to our loved ones and that seems to be very challenging to get across yeah. Or if you can make it, you know, I had a, uh, a client talking about how she really missed doing yoga, but now that she has the kids, she doesn't have time to do it. And I said, well, I said, here's two things. One, you do have the time. You're choosing to fill it with something else because we all get the same number of hours. She goes, yeah, that's a good point. I said, and maybe you can incorporate your kids into that. Make it a game. Have them do the yoga with you or put them on the mat next to you and they can do whatever they do while you're doing the yoga. I said, even if you get 10 minutes in, I said, or if it's a half hour and you get seven good minutes of yoga in that half hour, I said, isn't that better than what's happening now? And she said, yeah, absolutely. So you sometimes have to – I don't have kids. I can't imagine how creative you have to be with your time to make that all fit. Um, I've not had to deal with that. I just have four million businesses I'm trying to run. Um, but you know, it really is about just stepping back and being creative and saying, how can I make this work? How can I fit in what I need? Sometimes a show once a week or even twice a week just isn't enough. So if you want more content, if you want to know more about what we're doing at True Form Life, you can find us on Facebook. We're on there posting at least twice a day in the morning and the evening. That's at facebook.com slash trueformlife. Or on Instagram, that's kind of my favorite platform. I like to post my food pictures and some of the activities that I do, maybe hiking or whatever that may be. And that's just at Drew Tadia on Instagram and then Twitter as well. That's at True Form Life. So we're highly active. We'd love to connect with you. So find us on your social media platform and let us know how you're enjoying our show. Kathy, tell me more about your books and your website if some of our listeners want more information about you. Yeah, absolutely. So I have thealternativemedicinecabinet.com, and all of my books are there. There's a lot of free resources, a lot of links to past uh, shows and media. And then I also have kathygroover.com, and that's really my speaking site. But it has, again, all of my books. So I've got Alternative Medicine Cabinet, which was my first 
It was turned into a TV series, which I'm really proud of. And uh, it covers just so many things about alternative medicine, natural health, everything from nutrition and healthy pregnancy, massage, buck flower essences. I've got a couple books on stress, uh, the most popular of which being Conquer Your Stress. Uh, I've got a couple workplace books. I've got Workplace Wellness and Conquer Your Stress at Work. And then my personal favorite, Journey of Healing, which is everything I know about natural medicine, how I've used it, how it works, how it doesn't work, and then also some personal tales of my own how I got to California, what it was like losing my mom at a young age, uh, getting stranded in England, and how that got uh, how that got resolved with a couple of life lessons. So uh, it's really fun. It's a kind of combination uh, autobiography textbook. And uh, yeah, it's my favorite. So. <laughs> so those are the websites that we can find more information and then they can look at they can look for your books or other I know you have you have audio, you have video, all kinds of stuff there. Uh, yeah, I, I just did an online course on marketing your practice because I co-wrote a book called Market My Practice, uh, specifically for other health practitioners. So many of them are great healers, but not great business people, which I totally get. So I just put an online course together. It's like my entire brain dumped into about 20 hours worth of work. So uh, it's it's fun. It's great. That's on my site as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you for coming on and sharing your expertise and time with us. We so much appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and sticking around till the end. We certainly wouldn't be here without you. All past shows are going up on exploringmindandbody.com. So if you love this interview, and if you haven't checked out some of the past ones, head over to exploringmindandbody.com and check those shows out there. We also have a free app. So if you want to download the show or download the app, you can take the shows with you wherever you go. Exclusively for Exploring Mind and Body listeners, our monthly membership is only $1. It's a $99 value. There's no obligation to continue, but many times we want, we need direction. We need some help with nutrition, recipes, grocery shopping lists. We need some help with at-home workouts and what to do and where to go. This is something that we specialize in, and we can certainly help you out with our support. Head over to trueformlife.com for more details. If you're interested in our special offer, let us know, and we'll definitely set you up. Once again, thank you so much for being here. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.